the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are in the eye of the hurricane. The official podcast of Manatee Hurricanes football with your host, Chad Choke. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of In the Eye of the Hurricane with your head coach, Jacquez Green. I'm your host, Chad Choke. I want to thank you for joining us this week as we talk everything Manatee Hurricane football. Join as always with uh, head coach here, Coach Jacquez Green. Coach, thanks for coming, spending some time with us. I uh, appreciate you guys for having me on. So let's jump into to last week and, and look at, uh, unfortunately, uh, a loss to Gulliver Prep 20-7. to um, Looking at some of the, the stats from from the game, Jace, uh, 15 for 36, 134 yards and an interception. Uh, rain, total total uh, pass, looked like 139 yards, rushed for 80 yards. Uh, really, Corey Sanders with the bulk of that with, with nine, nine carries for 55 yards. Uh, Kyrie Jones, 8 for 17 with a touchdown. Uh, you look at our passing, you know, Jaleel Duncan, we knew we were going to have some good success from him. Five for 88. Could have had a ball, you know, call for a touchdown there. Um, but then someone we talked about in the podcast last week with Elijah Stewart coming up with some good good catches at good times. Three catches for 18 yards. Give me overall thought of of the game, uh, you know, as, as you guys, you coaches, came back, come back on Saturday or Sunday, break everything down. Give your overall thoughts of, of how you think the, the game went. I think the kids continue to play hard, you know, despite you know, being down 20-0 at halftime. Um, we had you know, four of our five guys up front had never played in a varsity football game before, and it looked that way early on. You know, we looked like uh, Gulliver Fred was playing a whole different speed than us up front. Um, I think once the guys settled down, you know, as the game went along, we started uh, moving the ball more offensively. You know, after a while, I, I just, you know, had to abandon the, pack, the run game early on because we was down 20-0. Jace did a good job of evading the rush and finding open targets. Um, we played a lot better in the second half than we played the first half. So I think we got a lot of those kinks out of the way. You know, we, we didn't get have a chance to have a jamboree or a kickoff class like most schools. So hopefully we show a lot more improvement this week against um, Lakeland. You know, I think you, you kind of took the thoughts right out of my head. I, I thought it was a game really of, of a tale of two halves. You know, the first half we definitely looked a little bit sluggish, a little bit slower. Um, and really that comes back to not having that, that game. And also, you know, having some practice issues. Not only rain and, and that sort of thing and the heat, but, you know, with some quarantine, stuff like that, you, you it looked like Jace was a little off uh, in some of his throws and maybe some reads. And so it really was what I loved about it. And you said you, you nailed it. They never gave up. They played hard all four quarters. And I think that that really shows what your psyche of your team is um, when we're down 20 nothing. We almost go in to score it in half. But now you go into halftime, you come out, and all of a sudden, bam, we're hitting. Talked a little bit about was was there some senior leadership kind of stepping up? Did guys understand, hey, look, this is first game, first half. Um, but I would imagine there's probably some senior leadership, you know, stepping up at the halftime saying, let's go. Yeah, we did have. We have great senior leadership at halftime. You know, that's the thing I'm trying to do more and more, you know, as the season goes along. I'm trying to leave it up to the seniors to, you know, talk to the team and, 
you know, convey my message to the rest of the team. You know, I've been around most of these seniors, you know, for three or four years now, so they understand how I run things around here. And um, Jay's talked to the team at halftime, and Cornell also talked to the team at halftime. And uh, we came out in the second half, and we played a lot, a lot better. You know, a lot mistake, more mistake, less mistakes in the second half than we made in the first half. Well, I definitely thought too. We had some opportunities. You know what I mean? We we have some a couple drops in the end zone, uh, a big play that we could have possibly had with Tyreek down our own sideline. I think early in the fourth quarter, maybe late in third quarter, uh, whatever time that may be. But also, you know, we also saw big plays in the first half from them that we didn't see in the second half. And we talked about that in the podcast, about stopping big plays. Yeah, as I alluded to last week, I think we had one of our better secondaries that we've had since I've been here. Um, even though the, the two or three big catches they had, Deron was right with the guy when he made that catch. Uh, the fade route like it was out of bounds, but Duke was right with that guy. And when the big tight end made the catch over the middle, uh, Tyreek was right there on this guy. He just made a real good catch. So we've had good coverage. You know, we just have to uh, be more fundamentally sound up front. You know, not, not make sure we secure the C gaps and, and not let the guys get outside in the run game. I definitely agree with you. I thought that, that the first and you know, look, you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I thought the kid threw an absolute dime on that first big play. Uh, the first series, I mean, they dropped it right with only where he's only he could have caught it. The, the receiver could have caught it, and we had good coverage. So, you know, sometimes it is what it is there. But we're there to, to make a play, and I thought we progressed really well as the game went on. I thought we saw some growth and some maturation throughout the game, which is a, which is a good thing. Um, before we get into next week, before we take a break, how about how this practice, this week of practice, how did it go for, for you know, coming off the loss, moving on, um, how the guys respond come out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The guys saw the film and they saw that you know things that we can work on. Uh, not only do we have you know that we didn't get a chance to practice as much you know the past couple of weeks, we also have a new defensive coordinator. So the guys are still learning you know his mindset and what he wants to do defensively. Uh, but you no, know, as I alluded to earlier, we still we still play hard. You know, that's the thing that I was more impressed with. Uh, found 20-0. A lot of teams have took their tail to be like, we'll just wait the next week, this game over with. But we had a chance to win that game. You know, we dropped a couple of touchdown passes that would have made a difference in the game. So I was, I was happy, you know, the way the kids played, that they played hard and, and kept playing no matter what the score was. No, you're absolutely right. So hey, don't go anywhere out there as you're listening to In the Eye of the Hurricane with Coach Jock West Green. We'll be right back after these announcements from our sponsors. Champions aren't made by sneaker companies, social media, or television networks. Champions are forged by Florida's merciless summer sun. One more sprint ran in the sand, one more set of bench presses, and one more hour of rep after rep after rep until perfection is reached and character is made rock solid. The Hurricane Champions Foundation will provide the resources needed to cover the cost of special projects and gear needed to ensure that our Hurricane athletes, participating in all sports, have the resources and opportunities they need to match the size of their hearts and the depth of their dedication. The Hurricane Champions Foundation, supporting Manatee High School athletics, where champions are made. Support the Manatee Champions Foundation. For just $10 a month, you can help our local athletes realize their championship dreams. Find out more and set up your donation at hurricanechampionsfoundation.org. That's hurricanechampionsfoundation.org. 
Coastline Contractors serving Anna Maria, Longboat, Bradenton, and Sarasota are the official construction sponsors of Manatee Hurricane Football. Owner Jack Schneider and his wife Courtney are both MHS grads and proudly call Bradenton their home. Jack's team can handle your building project, whether it's new construction, remodeling, or commercial construction. They specialize in custom builds, attention to detail, and high-end finishes, making the building process personal. Find out more on their website, CoastlineContractorsLLC.com. That's CoastlineContractorsLLC.com. Welcome back, everybody, to In the Eye of the Hurricane with head coach Jacquez Green. I'm your host, Chad Choate. Uh, we just finished up last segment talking about the, the game last week against Cover Prep. Coach, let's move to this week, tomorrow night's game uh, against a, a familiar foe, really, in the past oh, five years. We've played them three or four times, and, and it's a good team to play, the Lakeland Dreadnoughts. They come in uh, 1-0. They beat uh, Clearwater last week, 42-19. Uh, they're number 22 uh, in the state, uh, ranked, at least they were last week. I don't know about the new polls that, that just came out. Talk a little bit about some of their guys real quick and what happened last week. Quarterback Mason Martin, senior, 7 for 8. Weird stats here, 7 for 8, 224 yards, 3 touchdowns, uh, only on 7 passes, which is kind of crazy. So a lot of big plays there. Running back, uh, they got two of them, one smaller, uh, very similar to us, one smaller, a uh, little more athletic, uh, Daenerys Johnson, nine nine rushes for 124 yards. And also bigger back in Zaire Davis, 10, 10 rushes for 83 yards. Three to nine yards total rushing on the night. Uh, spread it around in the, in the passing game. Five people caught at least one ball. One other guy caught another one to make two. So, you know, all of them pretty much had 30. I think their longest was 38 yards a catch. Um, and so, you know, talked a little bit about what you see in Lakeland. You know, you, you, you obviously spent some time now this week with the coaches breaking stuff down. What are some strengths? What are some weaknesses in, that we can attack? Um, Lakeland is uh, big up front. They have a big offensive line. Um, quarterback is pretty athletic. You know, you, Lakeland always has an athletic quarterback. They still do some option things in the run game. Um, but everything starts where they're downhill. <coughs> Lakeland is uh, going to run a lot of power, a lot of counter, uh, old school offense. Um, once you kind of like get a hold of that, they're going to their wing T type deal and start running speed sweeps and wing back counter. But everything starts with their run game. We have to start stop the run, and you can't go sleep on the back end. No, that's what happened to Clearwater last week. That their eyes started going in the backfield. They lost sight of a lot of receivers running free down the field. So I told our guys they have to make sure they read, uh, get their run reads, run pass reads down pat, and, and not give up big plays in the passing game. But we have to uh, stop the run. You know, if we stop the run and get those guys playing behind the chains, we should have a successful night. Well, you know, you go back and as I'm watching film from the Clearwater game, you know, at one point it's 14-13, kind of midway through the second quarter. Clearwater goes down and scores twice um, on big plays themselves, some passing plays, which kind of brings me back a little bit to, to, to three years ago, two or three years ago. They like to play four high, kind of like a quarter coverage, yeah, so, you know, four three quarters, and, and, and I thought we could throw the ball on them. I think we maybe um, at the time, uh, I wrote maybe sophomore year, junior was there. And we were, we run trips, and they were bringing everybody over, and it was wide open in the middle. Anyways, regardless, they were giving up some passing, you know, plays to Clearwater, um, and that kind of slowed down as the as the game went on. Do you feel like uh, offensively for us and their defense? Um, hopefully, they won't listen to this by the time we play <laughs> kickoff. I doubt they will. But do you feel like that could be 
we, you know, the passing game could be something we could we could take advantage of this week. They're pretty solid up front. You know, they have, I think, uh, 99, I forgot his uh, last name. He's probably the number one defensive tackle in the country or defensive end. Dendy, I believe, maybe Dendy, his last yeah, name. Yeah, he's a strong kid. He runs on their 4 by one team, so you know he's a, a freak athlete. But I think uh, – He runs on their 4 by one team? He runs on their 4 by one team. Wow. They're placed in state, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's that type of athlete. So, uh, but I think we can take advantage of you know some things in the passing game. I think the strength of their defense is up front. I think probably if they have a weakness on defense, it will be in their secondary. So hopefully we can take advantage of them. Uh, a couple of years ago when we first played them. Uh, Jace was only sophomore. He really didn't have a, a good feel for you know what was going on out there. He had missed all the count with a, a bad ankle or something. I remember. But yeah. uh, hopefully, I think we can take advantage of some things in the past game. Uh, we've implemented some things that take advantage of the middle of the field. They're a heavy quarters team, cover four team. They'll play some cover three, but mostly cover four. So, um, But everything with us starts our run game. If we can start. If we can run the football, everything else opens up. So you can't ask Jace to just drop back and throw the football against, you no, know, just drop back and throw the football against a good defense like Lakeland. Yeah, and I think the other defensive end that's, that's pretty highly touted, I think, um, uh, Kenise Thompson, I believe his name is, a good-looking defensive end. They, they seem like they've always got a couple defensive linemen that, that look pretty darn good. Um, and, and offensive linemen for that fact uh, with the Pouncey Twins years ago. Um, but, you know, going back, we talked a little bit about it last last segment with Gulliver, and you talked about it last week on the podcast, it's probably going to be a big topic. We talk about all the time, big plays. You know, you, you go to, to, to talk about our defense against their offense. A lot of their scoring opportunities and scores – came from big plays, especially in the pass game. How do we stop the big plays in the pass game? You have to eliminate, you have to eliminate the big plays. You know, um, A lot of teams are not going to just drive the ball 80 yards every time they get the football. So you have to stop the run. You have to get out the field on third downs. And you have to prevent big plays. Uh, the main thing for us is uh, how safeties can't get caught their eyes in the backfield watching the run all night. Uh, in the Clearwater film, they had guys running um, up the seams wide open because Clearwater safety was maybe you know, three yards behind the linebackers and you know, blocking in the backfield. So uh, I've preached all week to our back end guys that they have to read their uh, run pass keys and and make and get the adequate drops and pass coverage. Uh, I think we've got some things uh, that we're going to do to try to slow up the run game and stop the run game. I think we match up well up front. I think we've got good size up front, and I think our guys will make a big improvement, though, from week one to week two. Uh, along the defensive front, you know, all three of our guys, that was our first time starting the varsity right, game right. last week, so I, I think they'll make a big improvement also. Um, on our team, we've got you know four or five guys that play a lot of football, or a bunch of guys that, that never play any football. Right, so right. we don't have any guys that you know in, in, in between. So hopefully we make a big improvement from week one to week two, which is what a lot of teams do. And hopefully we do the same thing Friday night. We just wish it was from kickoff classic to week one. <laughs> yes. But that's neither here nor there. I will say, you know, looking at their offense too, uh, from a defensive standpoint, where we're obviously where I coach, uh, you know, multiple formations. You see the I formation, which you really don't see very much anymore in football, um, which for people out there, tight end and two backs behind the quarterback in, in an I formation. Um, you don't see a whole lot of that anymore. Um, all of a sudden, I saw him go to a double wing, guy coming in motion, yeah. hitting a little quick fullback trap. Um, I haven't seen that really from Lakeland very much, so maybe just a little wrinkle. Um, obviously, they'll go four wide and stuff like that, you know, the spread, which you see. What does that do? Uh, how does – what does that cause problems for our defense? What does our defense got to make sure happens when you see those kind of multiple formations? Well, football has has went to the way of the spread now. So linebackers rarely see a lead blocker or a fullback coming downhill. You don't see power and, and counter as much you know, with tight ends in the game. So we have to be physical up front. We have to be able to squeeze down blocks and um, get a lot of guys in the box to stop the run. I, 
Uh, I think we can hold up on the back end. We have to make sure we know we're 21 net when he get in the ball game. He's a freshman or a sophomore, but he's probably our most explosive player on offense. Um, we have also have a receiver number 10. Uh, I read up on that guy also. He's probably one of the best basketball guys in, in the Polk County. Okay. He's a sophomore. He's fast. He's 6'4". So if we can take away the big plays and just make them methodically you know, move the ball down the field, I think we can get some turnovers or make them punt the ball more. Well, I know, too, one of the receivers is uh, is one of our Gator Zipper, uh, the tight end, and we played against him a couple years yeah. ago when he's at Lakeland. His little brother, I believe, is number six, caught their first touchdown. Kind of goes down, looks like he's going to crack, crack, a, a, you know, and then boom, see you later. And that's what you're talking about. Safeties have got to make sure eyes are, are on keys uh, and not kind of falling asleep, you know, in the backfield in the run game. Um, what, uh, and, and, and I don't want to necessarily get into too much detail here, but, you know, um, uh, when I was coaching, I was a film junkie. Um, and uh, probably why, uh, you know, when, when I was home, I wasn't really home. Uh, you know, iPad was in the lap. So I'm, I'm a film junkie and, and love watching teams and seeing tendencies and seeing keys and seeing things like that. I saw a huge key in the left tackle for Lakeland and, and what he positions and how he looks and plays it. Is that something that we try to stress to our guys, watch film, what, you know, watch your keys and all the games that we have of them so that when you come out Friday, and, and, and you've been at every level, when you come out Friday, if you do that homework, it, it, it's completely different when you play the game. Yeah, we, we try to, you know, essentially give all the guys the answers to the test, you know, before the, the test will be the game. We try to chart, you know, where the back is aligned in the backfield. Is he in front of the quarterback? Is he behind the quarterback when he's in the gun? Uh, is, is the tackle in a two-point stands when he's passing? Is it a three-point stand when he's running? So we try to get all those type of keys, and along with the hit chart, you know, what, what type of plays they like to run from certain formations. You know, you can't stop everything, so you try to stop, you know, two or three things they do the best. And, and for them, I think we have to stop the downhill power run game first. You know, after that, I think they get into more of a play-action pass game. Um, and once those things not working, Coach Castle goes back to his, you know, great boy's wing tee. He gets into the wing tee things and start running the jet sweeps, the traps, and the wing back counter. So uh, once you see, you know, Lakeland go to three or four wides and get into the wing tee and start, you know you got a, a pretty good grasp on those guys <laughs> at the same time because they want to get in the aqua formation, just run downhill and, and throw play yeah. action off of it. They've always been physical. I uh, expect it will be Friday night, no question. So, Coach, thanks for joining us tonight and safe travels. As we head up to Lakeland, everybody, if you're if you're coming to the game, get out there early. You know how I four can get Friday night, 7:30. Uh, we will be at uh, in Lakeland facing the Dreadnoughts. It will be online. NFHS will have the game. Lakeland is a contracted school, so we will not be live streaming. We will be on the radio at 9:30 WLS uh, and on online there uh, from the MainTFootball.com. You'll be able to get to all that good stuff. So go check it out for us. Coach, good luck. Uh, tune in next week, everybody, as we recap the Lakeland game. And uh, we look forward to a little bye week before we get into with Palmetto. As always, go Kings, go. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.